The Yearbook Sportscast. Stuff keeps happening in sports, even during a holiday. I got called in on a holiday for this. I'm Doug. Says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com. Find us, whatever. Under the current setup, there is no way any smaller college football team can possibly make the college football playoff. The playoff has four teams, which already means that under the best circumstances, one big-time super money conference is always going to be left out. But sometimes, if one conference gets two of the playoff berths, two big leagues can get left out of the playoff. That prestigious conferences can get left off the playoff booze cruise is already a very bitter subject among the rich leagues. This is not an argument to expand the playoff, although that seems inevitable. The point here is there is no chance for any outsider school, no matter how good they get, no matter what they do, to ever get a taste. Everyone knew that already, and everyone knew the college football playoff was just going to cement that fact, and that's what it's done. There is so much money and so much publicity at stake, no committee member will ever withstand all that pressure and vote a small school into one of those four priceless playoff spots, ever. This year, Cincinnati was really impressive. The Bearcats went undefeated. They beat three ranked teams. They never even had a close game until their last two games of the year. Cincinnati has been scary this year. But the playoff committee never ranked them higher than eighth. Way, way, way too far away to even be considered for the playoffs. The Bearcats were ranked behind a Florida team with three losses. And worse, they've been ranked behind the Big 12. This in no way is an indictment of Iowa State, which was a tremendous story this year. But the Cyclones were whomped at home by Louisiana. Not LSU, Louisiana, the Ragin' Cajuns, yet two-loss Iowa State stayed in front of undefeated Cincinnati. Then Oklahoma dethroned Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game, dropping Iowa State but moving Oklahoma in front of Cincinnati. The Big 12 is clearly down this season. Neither Iowa State nor Oklahoma has looked great, yet the number six spot in the rankings is reserved for the Big 12. Coastal Carolina, yes, they're Division One, and they are fast. They went 11-0 in the regular season, beating Kansas from the Big 12 and beating Louisiana, the same raging Cajuns that whomped Iowa State. Yet the Chanticleers, yes, that's the name, yes, their Division One was never voted any higher than 12th in the playoff standings. Liberty University beat two ACC teams and missed out on an undefeated season by a point, and they have a very highly regarded coach, but wasn't even voted into the top 25. Clearly, no one in the big time wants these schools to get too close. Obviously, odds are Cincinnati wasn't going to win the national championship, but we'll never know. Who knew Gonzaga was going to turn into a national basketball power? Who knew all those college basketball underdogs were going to upset all those college basketball favorites? Who knew Louisiana would womp Iowa State on the road? Nobody until those teams actually played. But there is absolutely positively nothing any college football small-time big-timer can do ever to get that game. Since when has Deion Sanders become a national treasure and when i get married i think i'm gonna ask if she can wear the maleficent costume so we've talked a lot this offseason about the tampa bay rays if that's okay 
we have mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays a lot this baseball offseason. The Rays just traded pitcher Blake Snell to the Padres for a haul of pretty highly regarded prospects. So it looks like, for example, Tampa Bay did a lot better than Boston did when they apparently gave away future World Series winner Mookie Betts. The Padres, after this trade, now look better on paper, and the Rays look longer on paper, as in they might have added years on to how long they can stay a contender. Yeah, there's a but. The thing is, Tampa Bay was already in an apparently pretty perfect situation for a low-revenue team trying to stay competitive. Generally, low-revenue baseball teams, that's franchises without much money, they make one big run, and then they see parts flying off the roster left and right, and then they just wind up starting all over. But the Rays just made the World Series, and this offseason, Tampa Bay only had one free agent on the entire roster and not a vital one. So no bidding wars, no money hemorrhaging was necessary. Essentially, the Rays could bring back one of the scariest rosters in baseball again next season and possibly the next season and possibly the next season. It was a really advantageous and pretty perfect situation, and the moves the Rays had made since the World Series didn't seem like they would make or break the team. But then Tampa Bay traded Snell, exactly the kind of transaction they seemingly would not have to be making. If everything works out, it looks like the Rays traded their 2021 heavy championship favorite status in return for more years of staying at least good down the road. If that's true, that's fine. The organization can set itself up any way it wants. But a team with no championships... Maybe putting off its best shot at a championship does not inspire confidence. There are teams around sports who never sit still. They're always making all kinds of deals, and those deals always seem to work out with championships. But the Rays are not one of those teams. Tampa Bay has been cutting edge and creative. They've been really good at staying good, and their two World Series appearances in the last 12 years are a testament to that. That is a minor miracle. But the Rays have not come close to winning it all yet. So when another franchise that succeeds makes questionable moves, it looks like genius. When the Rays make questionable moves, it just looks questionable. If a team has an excellent chance to win it all now at a very reasonable price, but instead chooses to tack on future years of being competitive, what does that say? Is Tampa creating more future opportunities to win a World Series? If so, though, does it really make sense to pass up an existing platinum played a chance at a ring. If this isn't it, what would the Rays front office consider a perfect championship opportunity? Uh, when all these new prospects mature, will Tampa again choose to delay a run at the World Series? Does the team value just forever hanging around more than the World Series? Or is something else at work here? Is the franchise viable? In the end, the Rays might show everybody and win the 2021 World Series anyway, but the other end of the spectrum is a low-revenue team with everything going for it still had to cash out. All right, I'm going home.